Hi everyone, good to be together. So uh, I don't know whether after bacon and sausage and I, I saw my wife had a massive breakfast actually, so, <laughs> so uh, I, I don't know, I uh, don't want to let her down or uh, expose her publicly or anything, but really. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so uh, if you snooze through the talk, I'll, I'll know why. It's the kind of surfeit of sausage or some, some technical phrase like, like that. Anyway, if you've got a Bible, we're going to turn, to, um, uh, turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 10, uh, finish the series on um, uh, what's God like from uh, Exodus 34, about the, the name and how God self-described himself. And uh, I just thought it would be good. Uh, I don't know if anyone here identifies with sometimes feeling just kind of beset. Is that a word? Yeah. It is, isn't it? Surrounded, a bit pressured. Sometimes as a Christian, even a little bit intimidated. I'd like to speak, but I feel intimidated. Or perhaps sometimes you have the experience of suddenly, unexpectedly being overwhelmed with thoughts that you think kind of, that they, they, you're thinking them, but they're kind of not your thoughts. They suddenly come in and, and you think, whoa, what's, what's happening? I don't know if you ever have that kind of experience. So, suddenly, everything goes kind of belly up. Theological term, you understand. But, you, you know, you just feel beset by problems. And uh, the Bible sometimes talks about that as, as an evil hour. Suddenly you get beset by stuff. And I just thought it'd be good to just look at this Christian armour. And, um, the, you, you know, you, Europe generally, when the, when the Iron Curtain fell, I know those who don't like history just fall asleep for two minutes. When the Iron Curtain fell and Gorbachev said, well, forget all that stuff, uh, that everyone in Europe was so relieved that, that we thought, oh, thank goodness we've, we've done with conflict now. No more conflict, thank goodness for that, and we'll save a lot of money on armaments and armies and stuff like that. And, and so we've all been collectively massively shocked the last couple of weeks, haven't we? When, when bad things happen and evil things happen and suddenly there's a war, and that's in physical, political terms. And, uh, you know, we have brothers and sisters both in Russia uh, as well as in, in Ukraine, some of our own family of churches doing their best and, and not knowing how to respond and we're praying for them. Uh, those who are regularly part of the church will have got my email. Uh, someone right now actually is, uh, one of our team is going around the countries surrounding Ukraine to our churches. How, how can we help uh, distribute funds to help those who are refugees coming? But suddenly there's a war and that's physical. But, you know, the same is true of us Spiritually, <laughs> we're in warfare, and often, like Europe, we're kind of lulled into thinking there's a truce. We've become a Christian. We've got some kind of lucky rabbit's foot to get us through life and into into heaven. And uh, we're now going to lead a kind of charmed Jesus life. And, and then we get shots when actually we find that's not the case. Suddenly, we 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 have doubts, temptations, assaults, and we think, wow, this, in fact, a lot of people find when they become a Christian, they get troubles that they didn't used to have. Because <laughs> before, they weren't aware of spiritual conflict. They weren't aware of temptation. They were just kind of having fun and being naughty. Um, but, but suddenly, they become aware of conflict in a way that they weren't before. And, and Paul talks about that. He's, he's inspired. Uh, sadly, the Apostle Paul was, he knew what it was to be in prison. He knew what it was to be chained to soldiers. He knew what the armour looked like. And he uses that as, uh, as a picture here. So uh, we need as Christians to be aware that we're, we're on a war footing. And for Christians in the Western world, uh, the, 
you know, if you'd lived at the time, as a Christian at the time when this building was built, Christians were held in fairly high esteem at that point. They were in the middle of society. And, in fact, and, if you, and you would have, as a church leader, you'd probably be asked to be on the board of a school or to be involved in local politics. You, you were esteemed, you'd have put texts on the outside of the church building that you built or the, your school. And instead of that, now we're living in a time where as a society, Christians are moving a bit to the edge and actually moving from a place, instead of being thought of central, being thought of as a bit peripheral, and maybe even sometimes, because of our views on morality and so on, a little bit dangerous. And so we're living in times of spiritual conflict, and it's good for us to be aware of that. The Apostle Paul once said, we're not unaware of Satan's schemes, but the reality is often we're totally unaware of Satan's schemes. So just want, without us getting paranoid, because this is the normal Christian life, I'd like us to, to uh, look at that. So Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 onwards. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand, stand then with the belt of truth buckled round your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with the fit, your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions, etc., etc. So this morning we're looking at spiritual warfare and particularly the kind of schemes and equipment. We have to consider ourselves as, as believers on a war footing. That's always been the case uh, John Bunyan, back in the 1600s, wrote a book, Holy War, and in which he pictured the individual believer as like a city being assaulted through ear gate and eye gate. And, and he did this kind of allegory, this story of the assaults of the enemy and, and repelling him and, and how he got in one door but needed to be repelled and, and all that kind of thing. So it's, it's not just now, it's always in the Christian life and certainly uh, the Apostle Paul was writing about it then. But as we live our Christian lives, as we advance the good news of Jesus and the kingdom of God, we can ex expect counterattacks. There's a kingdom of darkness or light, a, uh, and that's a conflict, isn't it? The, conflict of God, com the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the evil one. And let me introduce the main players. Uh, Satan, otherwise known as the god of this age, or the evil one, or the father of lies, the Bible uh, talks about. And, and it's funny, because I'm not talking about a little cartoon character, you know, you know the one with the little pointy tail and red tights and horns. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the kind of thing you see when you switch on the BBC News or open a newspaper. I'm talking about real, real stuff that goes on in our lives. And, and, and basically, people can poo-poo the Bible, but it's a very realistic worldview. There's good and a wonderful world, and there's all sorts of cruddy stuff. And there are forces of good and evil. Praise God, he's sovereign. And we've read the end of the book, it ends well, I promise. But that's the world in which uh, we live. 
And uh, so our, our world as believers is, is played by troubles and temptations, as well as the big stuff, the wars and the conflicts that we read of in the news as, as well. Uh, and so we're assaulted. The, the classic one is, is the devil tells lies, he's the father of lies, to the world which believes them and which appeal to our flesh. So we get assaulted on, on kind of three levels, if you like. The, the other character, if you like, second character is, is us, our responsibility. And our responsibility is, it says, be strong. You think, oh, I don't feel strong. I feel particularly weedy this Sunday morning. No, it says, be strong in the Lord. It's not that we can kind of uh, gird up our loins and kind of be strong in ourselves. It says, be strong in the Lord, not in our um, kind of strategies, our abilities, or even by just kind of toughing it out with a stiff upper lip. Uh, it's not that. No, it's be strong in the Lord and, and wear the armour. And if you notice, all through this passage, he, he uses kind of um, bossy imperatives, um, <laughs> um, bossy verbs. He says, take up, put on. <laughs> He's very active. He says something we can do. That's our responsibility, to be strong, not in our own strength, but in the Lord, to, to put on the armour, take up the sword, use the shield. So we've got a role to play. It's not kind of, oh, I'm so weedy, but God's strong. Phew, thank goodness for that. It's God's strong, I'm weak, but there's things I can do, things I must do to be active, to be, as it were, on a war footing. Yeah. I mean, if you're in a conflict and you, you think, oh, there's a conflict, but... Good job, General Montgomery is strong. So that doesn't kind of work, does it? <laughs> You've got to put on your own helmet. You've got to take up your own rifle. And so it's that kind of picture language used here. And then, of course, the main character is God, who provides everything we need. That's great. So, so the scenario is not of us being beleaguered and, and oh, it's awful, but rather... It's awful, but praise God, he's given us everything we need so that even in the evil hour, even when we're assaulted, we can, by the grace of God, stand firm. We can continue, just in case you're wondering, because there may be someone here this morning who's thinking, I, I don't know whether I can keep going. I, I, I'm just, I've had it, I'm wounded. No, no, by the grace of God, we can be strong, not in our own selves, because we're feeble but we can be strong in the Lord. So just want us to, to look at some of the, the kind of the equipment that God's given us. So I kind of start at the top and work down because that's the kind of guy I am. And, and he starts with the, the helmet of salvation. And you know, because Satan is the father of lies, often the chief battleground is actually kind of in there, isn't it? It's not out there. It's in, I don't know about you, but my head's kind of crazy. I can kind of be thinking about six things at the same time, but none of them very clearly. And, uh, <laughs> and so, so the, the, the mind is a battleground. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10, take captive every thought. I don't know if you have the experience of, you're suddenly thinking a thought and you think, where did that come from? Anybody identify with that? You think, where did that come from? And some of them are, are not nice. And, and, and you think, where did that come from? Well, actually, that that comes from the evil one who tempts us, who puts thoughts into our mind. And sometimes we can be too passive about our thinking. Very good. We can think sometimes unclean thoughts, sometimes just self-pitying thoughts. But I'm a bit prone to that one. Or, or tempting thoughts, entertaining, you know, come in, temptation, make yourself at home, pull up a chair. Instead of, instead of no, no, what's going on? And we need to kind of be aware by putting on the helmet. In other words, guarding our, that's what a helmet does. It yeah. guards your head. 
And we need to learn to kind of sometimes repent of thoughts, say, God, sorry, <laughs> I've been entertaining that one. I wasn't even, I was half unaware of it, but I'm sorry. And, and repent, I turn away from it. I renounce all thoughts of that. Instead, I want to think, the Bible says, think about what's good and true and right and praiseworthy. That's in Philippians. And ask the Holy Spirit to renew our minds. That's a biblical thing. You see, you can't, you can't stop a thought coming in your head. The old, fra- the old kind of saying was, uh, you can't stop a bird flying around your, your hair, but you don't have to let it make a nest. That's, right. that's, that's how it is with our thoughts. Sometimes bad thoughts will come, but we, we've just got to deal with them. Uh, Ephesians 4.23 says, be made new in the attitude of your minds. That's a good one. We can invite the Holy Spirit to help us in our thinking. Romans 8 verse 5 says, those who live by the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. So how, how's our mind this morning? How, how are we doing? Are we putting on the helmet? I mean, it's not a literal one, is it? But are we guarding our minds? Are we okay with that? Okay, move on. Breastplate of righteousness. Breastplate of righteousness. I remember a hilarious occasion when I took someone to Uganda to do some training and they thought it'd be really good to get someone out and dress them up in the armour. Except that bits of armour, even play armour in Uganda, are a bit kind of (laughs) absent. And so we ended up with a flat cap of salvation. And uh, I really really struggled when it was the Arsenal shirt of righteousness. (laughs) as a Liverpool supporter, I just couldn't, I just couldn't go with that. <laughs> but we did, we did have lots of fun anyway. But uh, the breastplate of righteousness, the, the reality is the people that are sadly taught how to, how to kill others, that, that's the bit they aim for. That's the bit where there's lots of vital organs. I, I'm not a medic, but I understand that. That's the bit where you don't want to, not that you want to be shot anywhere, but you don't want to be shot in that bit. And uh, we need to know, you know, you need to know we've been given by God a breastplate of righteousness. So the question is this morning, how's your sense of identity? Because we need to know that we've got rightness with God through faith in Jesus as a free gift. Now, you you might think, yeah, but I I did this this week. I I told a fib. (gasps) Shocking. I, I, I shouted at the kids. I, I did this or, or that. It'd be a rare week where you probably didn't shout at the kids. Anyway, we leave that out to one side for a moment. I, I did. I, but, but the truth is, when God gave you that gift of righteousness, he factored in your stupidity. Yes. It's, not, it's not a great shock to him <laughs> that, that we don't get everything right. It, it really isn't. And, and we know that our own righteousness, the Bible says our, all our own righteousness amounts to a bunch of filthy rags, Isaiah 64, uh, verse 6. But, but, but we have to really go right back to the fundamentals of our Christian faith. And, and it's this, Romans 3, verse 21 says, a righteousness, a rightness from God, not from you, not self-generated goodness, but a righteousness from God has been given as a free gift to all who believe. Yes. That, that's the essence of Christianity. That, that we weren't good enough, but we trusted God and he gave us as a free gift, rightness, the rightness of Jesus to all who are good enough. No, for those who believe, for those who trust in him. And it goes on to say, this has nothing to do with law or rules, but it comes through faith by grace. 
It's all a free gift. See, if we shift away from that, then immediately we make a few mistakes. Then we think, oh, no, what's, what's happening? I'm, maybe I'm not a Christian. No, we have to get, put the breastplate of righteousness on. That's our identity. You know, I, I, I'm a Muppet with a breast of righteousness. <laughs> breastplate of righteousness. I, I make mistakes. I get things wrong. I have to say sorry and apologise. I do all of that stuff to maintain good relationships. But essentially, my identity is, and your identity, if you trusted in Jesus, is I'm righteous. Not because of, no, no credit to me, all credit to Jesus, who lived a right life for me on my behalf. And on the cross, he dealt with all my uncleanness, took it upon himself. So the breastplate of righteousness. So how's your identity? Otherwise, we become wibbly-wobbly Christians. Kind of, we're Christian one day, now next day we're not so sure. Uh, do you see what I mean? So put on the breastplate of righteousness. Because in the conflict, the, the Bible says the devil is the accuser of the brethren. In other words, he goes to the family members and he says, Isaac, I, I saw the way you spoke to Jane on Tuesday. <sighs> do, you, do you see what I mean? So, oh, I saw the way you cut up that car on the way to work. Oh, and I saw what you said when that other person cut in on you as well. <laughs> do you see, and then we're, oh, no, I'm terrible. No, no, we may do terrible things, but actually we're righteous by the grace of God. Yeah. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. It's our identity. So helmet, breastplate. The third one is the belt of truth. All, all the bits of a Roman soldier's armour kind of hung together. On it hung the sword, connected to the breastplate, and so on and so forth. So we need to put on the belt of truth. You know, ultimately, Jesus said, I am the truth. I am. He, he is the truth. We trust in him to hold our life together. Are you, are you keeping Jesus in the middle of your life? Or do you get a kind of a Jesus treat on Sunday morning? No, no, he's got to be central to our life. The rest of our life is strapped around him. He's the saviour, he's the Lord, he's, he's the master. Everything else revolves around him. Also, the Bible says of itself, it's the truth. God's word holds us together. There's all sorts of opinion and fashionable thought in the world. It changes. What's right and wrong goes up and down with, with the generations and with culture. It changes all the time. God's word remains firm. The Bible says, don't, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mould, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The belt of truth. Let our thinking be moulded by the word of God. So there's a bit of a list. Shoes of gospel readiness. I like that. I like that. The, Ro the Roman army was the best equipped army in the world of, of its time. It could, it could move a long way. And part of its secret was its kind of super duper military shoes with studs underneath. It gave them stability, it gave them mobility, it enabled them to be quick to move and stable in battle. And, and Paul's saying, hey, the gospel of the peace, a peace that comes from God, that gives you stability and mobility. How, how are you doing? Are you putting on those shoes? Can, can, do you know the, the good news? Can you, can you share your bit of the good news? to someone else when you get the opportunity to respectfully just say, well, I, I used to struggle with that as well, but, but since I became a Christian, this has happened. That's your bit of the good news. That's the bit you know. You don't have to be a theologian or a preacher. No one can argue with your 
truth, your, your bit of good news, the bit of Jesus that you understand. You can respectfully just share it. So some people, I was here the other Friday and um, Mick and Jane had opened up for the drop-in cafe uh, Tuesday to Thursday, is it? I don't know. Anyway, downstairs, opening up, uh, people were in mixing and, and, I, and I saw Mike, Mike saw someone outside and he dashed off outside to chat with them. I love that. That's the readiness. He had his gospel boots on. <laughs> he, was, he was ready to just go out just to make friends. Now, some of us, and I will be included, I, I'm not great at kind of speaking to people cold. I can do this. This is kind of easy for me. But speaking to a total stranger, I find really hard. I know I'm weird, but that's just the way it is. So some people are really good at speaking to people cold. Others of us are not like that. But if you can't walk outside the building, you can walk across, you know, you can walk across the room to someone and just, just make friends. Simple as that. Love the person in front of you. So I, th- I think the great commandment is the route for most of us into the Great Commission. We love people and some of them will say, why are you so good to me? What is it about you? Why, why do you do this? And they'll ask us about our faith and then we can give a reason for the hope that we have as far as we can understand it. So that's, that's quite simple, isn't it? That's being, are you ready? Are you ready to walk? It might be walk across the road to a neighbour. Um, offer them to do some shopping if they're elderly or mow their lawn or whatever. Just be friends. Invite them to mums and toddlers group, whatever it might be. Ready with the gospel of peace. How how are we doing? I read something, I think it was about America, but it's probably true here as well, that only 10% of churches in America have believers that are ready to share their faith. And I was getting a bit hoity-toity about it, and then I suddenly thought, I I wonder, I wonder how we're doing. It was a bit, kind of had a bit of sobering moment, thinking, I wonder if we're ready, I wonder if we've got our good new shoes on. How ready are we just, just to make friends, just to say, God bless you, just to say, hey, why don't you come along too? eat bacon sandwiches, play pool, come to our cafe, come to my group, whatever it might be. Anyway, I'll leave that there. Shield of faith. What about the shield of faith? Faith means your trust in God. Uh, And this passage says that's that that gives protection from flaming arrows. You know, suddenly, the sudden this or that that happens. Faith in God. But it's not separate to God. It's, It's the shield of faith in God. Faith not just a thing, I hold up faith. It's, it's faith in God. Faith means our trust in God. God said to Abraham, I'm your shield. I'm your shield. I'm your great reward. Genesis 15 verse 1. Faith is when, when you don't see things happening, but you trust God anyway. Hebrews 11 verse 1. It's confidence in what you don't yet see. I can't see that God's been good to me in this situation, but I'm trusting that he is and I'm holding my shield up. I can't see how I'm going to get through this temptation, but the Bible says there is a way of escape, so I'm going to hold up the shield. It's, it's, it's the shield of faith. It's through faith and patient endurance we receive what God has promised. So whatever forms your particular vulnerabilities come in, your arrows that come against you, is it doubts? Is it uncertainty? Is it opposition? Is it ill health? I don't know what it might be, but we can quench them through our faith in God. Not faith in faith, but faith in the goodness of God, faith in the promises of God. There are, there are also times where we, where we kind of link our faith together, aren't there? Where you, feel, where you feel on your own, I can't do this. And you, you need some others to link shields together. The Romans used to do a little 
I think it was called a turtle. But it, a what? Testudo. Say that out loud. Testudo. Testudo. Sounds like something else. But anyway, we won't go there. Uh, <laughs> they for, they form, form a kind of to, a, a, like a, sh, a tortoise shell and charge forward together. That's great, isn't it? When you link faith. I think, I think we've, we have this building because we did that. We might not be aware that that's what we did. But we did. We all had a little bit of faith a little bit of faith to give, a little bit of faith to pray, and we linked our faith and, and charged forward slowly, and, and here we are. There are times where we, where we need others to just join with us. Sometimes as a family, you can go through something, and you just need a couple of other families to stand with you and say, look, can you just pray for me? We'll just get through, let's link our faith together. The shield of faith. And then the sword of the spirit, it's the uh, offensive weapon here. Where countering lies, you need truth. It's important to speak out the word of God sometimes. It's living and powerful. So that's the armour. So let me just... How's your thinking? Are we on a a war footing with this armour? Are you you guarding? Have you let the enemy in? If you've let the enemy in, just as we kind of land this and finish, if you've let the enemy in, some area of your thinking... Well, you might want to grab somebody, a trusted friend, and say, can you just pray for me in this? Or you might just want to just renounce it and say sorry. We just have a few moments in a moment or two just to, just to do that. If you've forgotten that you're righteous, that, please don't go around trying to establish your own righteousness. You, you, won't, you won't be able to do it. And if you did it, you can look much better than I do. That's easy. But compared to God, it's no good. What you need is the righteousness of Jesus. And he, he does that. So you, you just ask him. Ask him for forgiveness. Ask him to make you aware again that he gives you righteousness as a gift. And put that belt of truth on. Look, Jesus and his word right in the middle of your life. And I, my guess is this week, some of us will have opportunities to put our good news shoes on. And, and you, know, you know, the moment you think, am I going to say something or am I not? And you know what I'm like? I often remember about... About three minutes afterwards, I realised I had a moment and I missed it. (laughs) But God is so good, he gives you another one. So uh, I think we'll have moments this week where we can just speak up for him. Amen? Amen. Let's just pray, shall we? Yeah, it's just a a few seconds opportunity. Just uh, if there's something that's hit home to you, Just quietly speak to the Lord about it. Heavenly Father, we, we acknowledge that. We do sometimes have moments where we think, I'm gone. My, I'm, I'm slipping and sliding around. I'm giving ground. And we're, we're really sorry. We thank you that you've given us everything we need to live our Christian lives. We ask you that you would help us to guard our minds. We ask you that you would... Help us to have you, Jesus, right in the centre of our life. That your word would keep us secure.
We thank you that you give us as a free gift, the gift of righteousness. Pray that you'd help us to be ready this week to share something of the good news of peace with you. And Lord, if any of us are going through times where we're in an evil day and the arrows are coming in upon us, then together, Lord, we we pray for each other that you would enable us to take up the shield of faith, to trust in you, to gain support from you and from one another. We pray this in the name of Jesus, that you'd help us to wage a good warfare and when all is done, to find that by your grace we're still standing firm. Mm -hmm. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.